I'm Sherry Jorgensen with this week's Come Follow Me, and we are studying DNC 3 through 5. I love these chapters, and I like to apply them to my life right now. How do these apply to my life right now? So if we take chapter 3, it's important to know the historic background because that helps us understand the Doctrine and Covenants. It's full of a story and revelations that are for our day. They're for us to apply to ourselves, but understanding the story helps us to apply those to ourselves. And so here, really quick, we'll just give a 30 second recap of what's going on. Joseph Smith inquired of the Lord if he could allow Martin Harris to have the, the transcript to show his wife that had so far been translated. And the Lord said no, several times. Then he kept asking and eventually the Lord said yes. And I don't know if you have parents understand that. I do, I've done that many times with my parents. And the Lord will eventually allow us to do that that we wish to do since we have agency. And so, but the problem was is the manuscripts got, were lost. And he's, he was not commanded to retranslate those manuscripts again. So we do not have that in 54. So we won't have those probably until the restoration of all things, right? But, you know, the Lord is, is not, is, in chapter 3, he's very harsh with Joseph Smith because he has a responsibility, a great purpose, as we all have. So what's your purpose? Listen to chapter three as you think about what you know your purpose to be or what your purpose is, but you don't know it yet. Maybe you haven't inquired of the Lord and asked and sought his guidance in that area. But he says the work and design and the purpose of God cannot be frustrated. Okay, so that's important to understand right now with what's going on in our country. You know, we've got two sides completely divided and one person's happy, one person's not, no matter what happens as far as like sides, right and left, right? But the truth is that one thing that we can rest on is that the Lord is not frustrated. The, the, Satan's not going to come in and sneak his way in and do something that the Lord does not know is going to happen. And so we can put our full trust in the Lord and says and this. I love this so much. It says, God doth not walk in crooked paths. This is verse two. Neither doth he turn to the right hand nor to the left. Neither doth he vary from that which he has said. Therefore, his paths are straight and his course is one eternal round. Absolutely straight. We need our focus to be dead on. The problem is, is we do have a left side and a right side, not even the political, just choices. Every, you know, information coming from all angles, our emotions, our mental, our financial, political, spiritual. And we, it's sometimes difficult to stay focused on the Savior and what he's telling us through his scriptures, through our own personal revelation, through the prophets and apostles. You know, we have lots of really good sources we can go to, but nonetheless, sometimes we turn to the right and we turn to the left and we get a little off course, but he tells us, don't worry about me. I do not do that. I stay focused. I am always there. I am a straight course. You can always count on me. And I think that's so beautiful. And, you know, in this, down back here in the next verse, 10, he says, remember, God is merciful. Repent. If you turn to the right, or you turn to the right, or you turn to the left, there's repentance. We can realign our will with God's through repentance. And it's so beautiful. But, so, verse 3, remember, remember that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of men. Okay. The Lord has called us for a great purpose. That work is going to be done whether we join that battalion or that movement or that energy or not. We must join. He needs us. He's begging us to help him. 
but he will have a people and he will be their God and he will direct them. And he says, remember, remember, just like he always tells us to remember him, that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of men. You have been entrusted with these things. What has the Lord entrusted us with? A calling, our families, our testimonies, the scriptures, what, you know, service, what is he asking us to take care of? And I love seven. It says, for behold, you should not have feared man more than God. Although men set at naught the counsels of God and despise the word, his words. The first time I ever did the Randy Nelson challenge, that was the answer that I got. Fear, don't fear man over me. I was so sad because I was like, are you kidding? I am so focused on you, Heavenly Father. How could you say that I put man ahead of you? But then over the years, I've really focused on this, really focused on not worrying about what other people are gonna think or what they're gonna do, just doing what the Lord tells me to do. And I have been so blessed by that counsel. He knew I needed it. I didn't know I needed it. He knew I needed it. And he also knew that if I would heed it, that I would be so blessed. And I have been so blessed by that. So I love that chapter and I love that idea. And, um, 13, who has said it not the counsels of God and has broken the most sacred promises which were made before God and has depended upon his own judgments and boasted in his own wisdom? I think that's really something that's common to do also is to give ourselves credit for everything rather than recognizing the Lord's hand, giving ourselves credit. And that's where pride cycle starts and we start thinking that we're doing so good. It's, you know, as soon as you think you're doing good, you're, as soon as you think you're humble, you're probably not. So pride is that inward glory of how, how good I'm doing. And the Lord's saying, listen, this is my work. I will lead it. I will handle it. I will perform miracles through those who want to follow me. And that's pretty awesome because he's asked us to do the work. So in 16, my work shall go forth. For inasmuch as the knowledge of the Savior has come into the world through the testimony of the Jews, even so shall the knowledge of the Savior come unto my people. And in 20, and that may believe the gospel and rely upon the merits of Jesus Christ and be glorified through faith in his name, that through the repentance, they might be saved. That's the message we have for everybody. And that's the message we're called to give. Okay, so chapter four, here we are. We are understanding there's a great work to do. It's, we've been called to do it. And he says in verse one, a marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Okay, and this, yes, this happened in the beginning of the church too, the marvelous work and wonder. His work and his wonder is not over. A marvelous work and a wonder is still coming forth and we have been called to be a part of that. Oh, ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, that ye may stand blameless before God in the last day. He wants our whole heart, might, and mind. And he tells us, he says, the field is ripe. If you think about something that's ready to be harvested, the when the corn gets harvested, it's ready, it's ripe, it's fresh. And if you wait too long, you know, you lose the good crop. So the Lord knows the timing. If we need more time, we will have more time. If, it's, if time is up and it's time to the harvest to be over, the time will be over. He knows the timing. We do not have to worry about that time, that part. We don't have to know a date. We don't have to know a year. We don't have to know a generation. We just need to do our part because our part is vital. It's so important. Russell Nelson said this is a hinge point. A hinge point meaning what? A hinge point meaning it's all going to be over in 10 years? We don't know. We don't know and we don't need to know because our part is vital. It's a hinge point in history. We need to do what we are called to do so the work can move forward. Just like they were required to do what they were required to do for us. So we have this faith. We have the gospel. We have so much depth and scripture and revelation that we can lean on. 
but that was what they were called to do. And we have a calling and we've got to get on our knees and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And he will lead us. And in here he says to us, I have a couple things that you can really focus on while you're starting to get your answer of who you really are and how I see you and what I have for you to do. He says, have faith, hope, charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God. Qualify him for the work. Remember, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, diligence. Should I say them again? Those are so good. We need those. And then he tells us again, if you will knock, I will answer. If you will seek, you will find. I will give you every answer you need. It requires a little patience, a little elbow grease, a little waiting upon the Lord sometimes. But I promise to bring you the information that you need so you know who you are. And then we have section five. Section five tells us that in three, and you have no power over them except I grant it unto you. Remember whose work this is, and then we can move it forward. This is not your work. I know you might have opinions and you might want to do it your way, but God's way is always going to be the best way. So seek his guidance. He promises us to give it. Seek his guidance and he will direct the work perfectly. Is that so cool? He will direct us perfectly. So we don't have to stress. Oh, this unbelieving and stiff-necked generation, my anger is kindled against you. He knows it's hard. <laughs> he knows we have a lot of voices and he knows our hearts are hardened really quickly and that we get very stiff-necked and stubborn. He knows that. He's willing to work with us anyhow. He tells us, he says, okay, I have a wife's purpose. Trust me. Repent. Come unto me, right? So here in 14, he says, to none else will I grant this power to receive this testimony among the generation in this beginning of the rising up and coming forth of my church out of the wilderness, clear as the moon and fair as the sun, terrible as an army with banner. That's what we're a part of. We're part of his army and he is in charge and it's rising up. It's still rising up. You know, it's so easy to think like, well, this was 200 years ago. Don't worry. There's a lot more than 200 years of work to do. And then it says, Believeth on my word, them will I visit with manifestation of my spirit, and they shall be born of me, even of water and of the spirit. He will guide and direct us. Condemnation of this generation, if they harden their hearts against me. So he gives a promise and he gives a warning. And then in 20, I command you, my servant Joseph, to repent and walk more uprightly before me and to yield to the, and to yield to the persuasions of men no more. Okay, refocus. No turn to the right, no turn to the left. We're on. I will be your focus. I will be your guide. Turn to me in prayer. Seek, knock, whatever requires. I will give you personal revelation. Follow what the prophets and apostles are saying. Read your scriptures and repent. Repentance is key to turning our, to realigning our focus. And stand still until I command thee, and I will provide means whereby thou mayest accomplish the thing which I have commanded. It is so hard sometimes when we feel like the Lord's asked us to do things that we don't know how to do them, that it feels so heavy and he tells us to stop. Stop worrying, stop fearing, stop overstressing, stop coming up with your own plan. He just says to stop, stop and trust me. I will help you accomplish these things that I've asked you to do. And great and marvelous work is about to come forth unto the children of men. Behold, I am God. Give heed unto my word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, to the dividing asunder, both joint and marrow. Therefore, give heed unto my word. And that's what DNCs are going to do. We're going to go through DNC. It's going to teach us the way that we can accomplish the work that God has for us. And